Hey, this is Corlin Sutton. Hey, this is Tim Patrick. And you're listening to The Snap with Sydney Jones on Broncos Podcast Network. Yeah! What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for the latest episode of The Snap. As always, I'm your host, Sydney Jones, and the Broncos will look to get their first win of the season as they face the Miami Dolphins on Sunday for their first road trip of the year. So joining me on today's episode to take a look at this matchup is NFL Network host MJ Acosta-Ruiz. MJ, pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for joining me. So, so great to be here. Thanks for asking me on. Absolutely. How are you doing? How are things going? Things are going well. I mean, as you know, the, the season has started fast and furious. So for all of us who are in the biz, you sort of just brace for impact and enjoy the ride. But it's been pretty crazy so far. I can't wait to see what happens from now to February. I know. Seriously, I can't even believe it's only week three because I feel like this season's been going on for weeks. Yeah. Well, MJ, just want to open up this episode by talking about Sunday's matchup. As you know, the Broncos are 0-2, heading to face the 2-0 Dolphins. So really tough battle on the road for this Broncos team, especially with it being the Dolphins' first home game of the season. So just looking at the Broncos to start, what are your thoughts on the team so far this year? Uh, I think the matchup in and of itself, here's the thing about the NFL, and you'll hear the, the players and the coaches say this all the time, the record only helps in terms of like, oh, momentum, storylines, but you cannot discount any single team any given week in this league. So for a team like the Broncos, who is looking for its first win of the season, to a team like the Dolphins, whose home opener is against the Broncos, coming off of two road wins, so they have a ton of momentum, but equal amounts of pressure for both teams to get a W. So I am expecting a very highly contested match. I'm expecting a lot of emotions for sure, I think from both teams here. Um, and really one of the biggest matchups that I'm looking at is Pat Sertan and the Broncos defense against this track meet of a Dolphins offense. I mean, Tyreek Hill, we saw the Patriots do a pretty good job of shutting him down. I mean, shout out to Christian Gonzalez and everything he did in just his rookie uh, opening in the first two weeks, um, but their speed all around. A couple of guys banged up right now for the Dolphins, but I think that that opens some opportunities for the Broncos defense to really get in there and, and make some waves. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned in the matchup to watch is certainly Pat Sertan versus Tyreek Hill, but you mentioned some injuries. Jalen Waddell, I know he still remains on concussion protocol. So if he's not able to go on Sunday, who do you expect to kind of step up for the Dolphins? I mean, I expect... To be completely honest with you, I expect Tyreek Hill to put it on his shoulders. <laughs> you know, he's the guy who wants he wants the touches. He wants uh, every single play to come to him. So I think when he knows his brother in arms is is down and out, if that's the case uh, by the time we get to Sunday, then he's going to almost have like a superhero type of game, or or that's going to be his goal anyway. But I think also the run game. We know that Ahmed got uh, banged up last game, but we saw what Raheem Mostert could do. Uh, there as well. And I think with, when you think of Mike McDaniel, and we haven't seen this a lot from the Dolphins, I think as much as we did last week um, against the Patriots, the run game is finally starting to amp up and come into its own. It's hard to ignore the aerial attack when you have guys like Waddle and Tyreek. But I think for the Miami squad, having that ground game established and seeing that Raheem Mostert can do what he did when he was in San Francisco and that team went on a Super Bowl run. Um, really just reminds everybody that this is a one-two punch that Dolphins are, are working with on offense. For sure. Yeah, you mentioned Raheem Mostert. I know looking at the Broncos' run defense here, you know, they did a really good job holding Josh Jacobs in that first game to, you know, I think it was under 50 rushing yards, zero touchdowns. But then last week... Don't I know it. 
yeah. I have Josh Jacobs on my fantasy team. So <laughs> I you know well that game. <laughs> Well, in week two, uh, commander's running back Brian uh, Robinson, he rushed for um, almost 100 yards and two touchdowns. So what do you think will be the key for this Broncos run defense to return back to that week one performance? I think it's exactly that. I think it's getting hands on guys, being smothering people and making sure that they don't let up when it comes to the backfield here. And remembering, too, that these guys can also catch passes out of the backfield too so there's a lot of dynamics there not just like ground and pound type of a, of a running game there but um i think if they can do to raheem what they did to josh jacobs and what they did to the commanders that it's like i said it's going to be a very physical very exhausting and very tightly contested game well, I know Russell Wilson and this Broncos offense, they've gotten off to fast starts in the past two games, but you know haven't really been able to keep that momentum going in the second halves of those games. So how do you think they can really just build off those first half performances? Uh, look, I think that chemistry takes a minute, right? Um, and especially when you have a brand new head coach. Granted, when you think of Coach Payton, you're not thinking of a brand new guy, right? He is a right. legend uh, in this league for all that he did in New Orleans. Um, but I think people forget that that coming off of a very tough season, a very heartbreaking season, I think, for that Broncos, especially for the Broncos offense and for Russell Wilson, coming in now with all of these expectations, with what's going to be a future Hall of Fame coach, that still takes a beat, right? I think we start to panic a little bit and you see the headlines that everybody's on social media through two weeks of the season. Um, but I think if everybody can stay steady, right? And you hear guys talk about staying even keel a lot. That's easier said than done, for sure. But this is what they're trained to do. Um, so I think it's just gaining on that chemistry, trusting in what coach can do, and seeing it all come together. We've seen teams come off to a really slow start, and then suddenly halfway through the season, boom, they're making a playoff push. Um, so it's it's all about, I think, patience right now and getting into a good rhythm. Well, we have to talk about Tua Tagovola too. Uh, he's him in this offense have just got off to an insane start for the season. I know he leads the league in many different categories. So what has just made him so dynamic within these first two weeks? I'll say this about Tua, and and everybody's had some kind of a comeback story. But I think after we saw what he went through with his health last year, um, that was scary to watch. So I can't even imagine having lived through that for him and his family. So I think no one can question how much he loves this game and how much he loves this team. And I think that in the conversations I've had with him directly is his driving force, his driving force rather, um, to be out there to lead his team and to play up to the potential um, that he was drafted in the first round by the Miami Dolphins to be their franchise quarterback, right? And that took a couple of seasons to really get going. Um, so I think for him, it's just staying poised, not getting rattled, you know, and staying focused in, okay, if I have to be mobile, if I have to come out of the pocket, if I have to scramble a little bit, all of the work that he put in in the off season to make sure he's protecting himself appropriately when he falls, when he does take a hit. But I think through two weeks, what we've seen thus far, the offensive line doing their job and keeping him protected um, has said a lot about just his sheer resilience um, and his determination to not just be with this team, but to lead this team to success this year. I know there's a ton of fun connections between these two teams, MJ. Of course, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel, he's a Colorado native. He used to be an intern here with the Broncos. And then, of course, you have Vic Fangio, used to be head coach, and then Bradley Chubb, too. So going to be a lot of familiar faces on this sideline. So will be a fun one. MJ, you know, as many of my listeners know here on the snap, one of my main goals is to highlight women's impact in and around the NFL. So just want to switch gears for the final few minutes here of the episode. I know you're the host of NFL Total Access, you know, NFL Network signature show. So can you just talk about your role with uh, NFL Network and really what that entails? 
Yeah, so it's been kind of a crazy ride. This is my sixth season with the NFL Network, and I started off as a correspondent, as a reporter out in the field, which was the crux of of my experience in this in this industry. Right, I've been a reporter, an anchor, my own producer, my own um, highlight editor. You name it, I've done every single job here. Right, but all of that I feel like prepared me to get to this level to be with the NFL Network. So when I started as a correspondent, I made sure um, to sort of flex those muscles. Right, creating content just for digital, which seems strange that even six years ago, we weren't really leading with that the way that we are today in 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, So from there, I became the host of NFL Total Access, which was the joy of my life over the past three seasons. Um, it It is a heavy load, if you will, in the very best way. Um, because that is the flagship show. It's the daily show. It never goes dark for those who don't know what dark is. Sometimes shows take hiatus, especially if you're a football show and the football season's over. So Waxes <laughs> does not. It is on year round 365 always. So um, this year I've actually transitioned to a slightly different role where I'm going to be focusing more in on my storytelling. So you'll see me Amazing. doing a lot of feature stories, more one-on-ones um, throughout the league, just a deeper dive um, on, on the stories and the people uh, behind the jerseys and the helmets that you see out on Sundays, Thursdays, and Mondays. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> can't just say Sundays, of course. Um, and also really excited for the international games that are coming up. So I'll be providing coverage across all NFL media platforms um, from London and from Germany as well. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy season, but you'll see me pop up all throughout NFL Network. That's amazing. You know, you talk about your time at NFL Network, but what did your path kind of look like before even getting there? Yeah, I started from the local front, right? Um, Being fully bilingual, I was able to get my first job out of college at a pretty big market in Miami, um, covering youth um, football, actually. Youth football, high school baseball, um, just making my rounds and cutting my teeth, doing as much as possible. I did play-by-play, I did feature stories, just really getting as much experience as I could within the Miami market. After about six or seven years there, I went to San Diego, um, where I was, I continued doing things both in English and in Spanish uh, for the NBC and Telemundo there. Covered everything from the Olympics to the World Cup to the Chargers when they were still in San Diego. Covered their move to LA. Um, and after a couple of years there, the NFL Network came calling. Uh, and it was sort of a culmination of everything that I had done for the past decade um, to really get to to a national scene. So it's it's still challenging, right? Because the industry, as you know, changes pretty much on a daily basis. Like it's hard right. to keep up. Now we, now we got a TikTok. You know what? I'm trying y'all. <laughs> We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But I'm trying it's, to. It's, it's hard. It is. It's hard. It's a lot. For an elder millennial, I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's going to be fine. But uh, the best part is though that this business keeps us on our toes and it never lets you get complacent. So you always have to almost reinvent yourself and push yourself um, to learn the next thing. Because if you want to stay in it, you have no other choice. For sure. Yeah, you kind of just touched on this, the challenges within the industry. MJ, when you look back at, you know, your career and the path that you took, what were some of those, you know, big challenges that you faced and how did you kind of overcome them? Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing just as a woman in this industry, um, it's tough to make inroads with within just other with other journalists, right? Especially in the sports scene, because it is so male forward. Um yeah. But I, I never flinched, right? Like for me, walking into a locker room and being the only woman, oftentimes I'm just the only woman, the only person of color in there. I, I wore that as a badge of honor. I was like, I am different. And that is a good thing. This good is a thing. superpower, yeah. right? Like you have, to, you have to own it almost, despite the fact that there are people trying to shut you down and wear you down at every turn. 
Um, so I think that adversity builds character. And I certainly, we, we'd need a whole other two hour podcast to just scratch the surface on those things. Um, but I found a really good village of people around me, other women in this industry who have lifted me up and supported me and given me tough love when I needed it too. Um, and, and that I think has been a big part of my success to have the people who understand inherently what you've been through because more than likely they've been through it themselves. Um, and, and to have that, that empathy from folks uh, really helps you pick yourself up and, and just keep going. For sure. Well, just to finish off the episode here, MJ, I like to end these by inspiring the younger generation. So just what's one of the biggest pieces of advice you'd give someone looking to either get into the industry or just make the next step there? Uh, if you're in college, it's not too late to change your major. Um, I, <laughs> I say that because Seriously. you really, you're truly be a lawyer. Um, okay. it's, it's very tough. This industry is very tough. And so when I say that, I mean, you really have to want it. You really have to want it to be able to endure and, and to go through the ups and downs of this industry. There are times where I, I almost became a flight attendant. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go travel the world. Right. Awesome. Um, and this was this was seven, eight years into my career. I'm not talking even the early days, right? But I think you just have to remember your purpose. And for me, I, I couldn't picture myself doing anything else. There's a reason why I poured so much of my time, so much of my energy into this. And I hope to leave it better for the next generation. So just stay, stay frosty, be ready <laughs> to pivot um, and be ready to do the work. Learn every aspect of the industry that you can so that you can be ready for any job that comes your way. Yeah, I love it. Well, MJ, seriously, can't thank you enough for your time today. Pleasure getting to talk to you. Likewise, I hope to see you soon in person. Yes, me too. MJ, really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Snap. Broncos Country, thanks so much for tuning in. And thank you again to MJ for joining me on today's show. I'll meet you right back here next week on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube. I'll see you all then.